It's a new day. I'm on the train, 8.45, still dark outside, hot, shitty outfit, hole in my underwear from scratching too much, an aimless bile rising at the back of my throat already, as usual, for no reason, like it always does, like I'm in an experiment. My face inches from a short woman's stupid hat, the poofball of the hat a clown's nose for me. She's completely hogging the train pole, oblivious. Her hat almost touches my face. It's a Chicago Bears breast cancer awareness stocking cap, hideous on every level. The rest of her outfit, another fuck you disappointment. Thick purplish tights, a knee-length down parka, boots with fur detailing that looks like a dead dog stuffed down in there. The whole thing a real carefree snuggle fest, a real assault, a real declaration of who this woman is, draped in death and violence and completely unaware of it. The perfect mix of compliance and violence. I sigh, lean into her, give her the signals that she should look up, say oops, move to the side, but she stays there, lump-like, the brass placard of her mini backpack catching on my cheap secondhand coat. I imagine the mindless ease of her life. I imagine her thinking about that show she likes on CBS where adults pretend to be fairy tale characters trying to make each other horny. And I imagine her referring to it as a guilty pleasure, like that's somehow radical or somehow makes her interesting. Will Rumpelstiltskin be able to trick Peter Pan into betraying his relationship with Snow White by reminding him of his long-ago love with the Little Mermaid? I don't know, baby, will he? I want to use my hands to redirect her face to a fucking mirror. I make a decision, rare these days, and my arm goes out, right angle from my body, and I grab the pole so hard my knuckles turn white. We ride like this for a second, my arm pressed firmly into the side of her head. Inside of her idiotic hat, I can feel how small her skull is. I've been told that my skull is exceptionally large. I don't usually touch strangers' heads, and the feeling is intimate, thrilling. Her small, thin skull taps against my forearm. She's still not accommodating me. I press harder. I try to loom. She bends her head awkwardly out of my arm's way, making herself look even more innocent, even more compliant, like a good little girl, confronting me by not confronting me. A man across the train looks at me like I'm the villain, and then he looks down. Now he's my enemy, too. How does he like that? I think the phrase, a symphony of bullshit, and I get off the train. On the escalator, nobody stands on the right and walks on the left, and everything is wrong. I enter the showroom. They're playing Coldplay, and I say, morning. Karen, the senior receptionist and technically my supervisor, smiles at me like I can't tell she's faking and says, Hi, Maddie. And I say, Hi, but that's not my name. It's Millie, not Maddie. I want to go up to her and prostrate myself on her desk, my ribs activating her shitty gold stapler, the one I know she loves so much, over and over by thrashing, spending staples all over her desk while I explain to her the difference between Mildred and Madison. I want to press my nose into her keyboard and tell her that my parents both went to grad school. I was raised correctly and in a good home, and it's an insult to my mother, the professor, to imply that she named me Madison after the mermaid from fucking Splash when I was named after my great-great-grand 
grandmother, a suffragette, you fucking thankless cunt, and in this fantasy I become insensible and start crying, deep from the gut, which isn't much of a fantasy as far as fun and variety are concerned. I smile at Karen again, leave the front desk, and walk through the showroom past the recreated, tasteless living spaces to my station in the back offices. 